Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. And Christian Peck Dimmitt. Do you want to keep this job? Shut up, listen, learn. The region's only local sports talk show. Discussing it all from the preps to the pros. What time is it? Dance and Simulcasting on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Streaming online at nwksradio.net and the Rocking M app. They are everywhere. The Blitz is presented by the Insurance Agency, the Farmer State Bank in Oakley, the Cowboy Corner Express, and Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell. Stop what you're doing and listen. From the half-yard line, here's Will Howard. He powers his way in, a half-yard for a score, and the Wildcats have scored for a fourth time here in this first half. It's an option pitch. Neal got blocking to the 45 to midfield. Here he goes, 45-40, 35-30, 25 the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Kansas! Touchdown, Devin Neal! Talia gets the snap, back to throw. Has some time, rolls out to the right, still looking downfield, being chased. Breaks through a tackle, throws downfield, a pass is intercepted. Picked off by Javen Wright with the INT in front of the bench. The Huskers get a second straight turnover. Second down and 10 for the 20. Snap taken by Shadour. Drop scans. Lost this one to the back right corner of the end zone. Over the shoulder. Grab is made. Held on. Touchdown. Touchdown, Colorado. Hawk the horn. Jimmy found the end zone. Second down and eight, Baylor, from their own 42. Shapen will fire far side. Oh, it's intercepted. Jumping it is Garber, and he will. Score! 10-5! Wildcat touchdown for Keenan Garber. Happy Monday morning, everybody. We are back on the morning blitz. Broadcast, of course, 1025 U-Rock, simulcasting AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State, of course, also online at nwksradio.net and the Rocking M app. So glad you're with us here on a Monday, November the 13th. Hard to believe. I, I say this every single week, I feel like, Christian, is that we get to this, like, it's the 13th, which means we're really two days away from the middle of November. I thought November just started. I thought it really just began recently. So I don't get that. But we're here. You're telling me. It's it's flying by. Like, it's so sad. I have a calendar over here that I always look at, and it's still on October. Because I continue to forget after the <laughs> show to go change it to November. It's terrible. So luckily, ca- calendars are great because you can, they have the smaller calendar of the upcoming month and the previous month on them usually. And so I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, geez, (laughs) nuts. But uh, once again, glad that you're back with us here on the Morning Blitz. We're here all week after a short week last week. It was great to get out. uh, Yours truly, personally, uh, took a road trip, went back to Nebraska, saw Nebraska lose to Maryland on a last-second field goal in what was one of the ugliest football games in America. Um but uh, it was still a fun weekend to see my family and do some things like that this weekend. But back here behind the mic with you here for the whole week. Uh, Christian will be here as well. So we got a full week of shows for you and a full show ahead today. We will get to looking back at our picks. Christian's feeling great. Wink, wink about his bad oh. picks of the weekend. <laughs> I'm not feeling bad. We had, the, we had the same picks, to be fair. Not exactly. Not exactly. I, took, I think I took, I had, I th- I I think I took Nebraska in the under. Am I wrong oh, on that? See, yeah, I didn't take any unders or overs. I, don't I know took Nebraska that. and Maryland I, I in the under. Straight through. I, I'm, I first of all, I think, everywhere and we still have one game. We still have one game tonight. Broncos Bills to try and you know get ourselves in the you know feeling better about ourselves if we can figure this out tonight. Which we'll get to Broncos Bills a little bit later on. A few final thoughts on that. 
So we've got that. We've got plenty of other things to get to in local sports. We'll talk some Juco hoops over the weekend. Uh, Plenty of things to get to here. We'll talk a little high school football as well. Only one remaining high school football team is standing in the high school football playoffs. That would be the Shiloh Cougars, uh, who got a win on Friday night uh, easily over Ingles. Other than that, heartbreaking loss for the Hoxie Indians, losing uh, 44-42 because they were unable to convert a two-point conversion late against El Saline. So their season is done at 92, and Rollins County season done at 92 as well. The uh, Wichita County Indians uh, get the best of them uh, in the quarterfinals, should say, of the high school football state playoffs. We're down to semifinal time now, though. So we are there. But we got lots to get to here on this Monday morning show, and we all know how we kick off our Mondays and our weeks. It's time to get into our weekend winners and losers. So here we go. There are two kinds of people in this world. There's winners and there's losers. Which ones were which this past weekend? I want winners. Loser, you're a loser. It's the weekend's winners and losers on the Morning Blitz. Gonna be a winner, be a winner. Last week, we had a lot of technical difficulties with Christian's weekend winners and losers. We still got him in. But today, we're going to hopefully make this work correctly. So, Christian, lead us off with your first winner of this past weekend. See, I'm sitting here. I was telling Ross before the show, I'm feeling very positive this fine Monday morning, uh, which is pretty rare for a Monday. So I've got more winners than I do losers. Uh, I'd, I'd love to start with Jimbo Fisher because I think it's just a great uh positive out of a negative situation he no longer has a job which is uh i'm sure unfortunate for him all those guys love football and and being a part of a football team but the positive 76 million dollar buyout from texas a&m who was fired after six years he had a 26 and 10 record first three years 19 and 15 since then and Uh, The AD said they were, quote, stuck and neutral. The program was hard to argue with that. Uh, But it's also hard to argue with uh, $7.2 million annually through 2031, including, or not including, in addition to a lump sum of almost $20 million up front. Just incredible. If anyone, I think, could get that kind of money not to coach football, they would probably choose not to coach football. Now, this is it's just actually a winner of mine as well, so I'll agree we're on the same page. Jimbo Fisher is a winner of the weekend. When you can get paid north of $77 million to not work, okay. I just remember when, um, who was that? Gosh darn it, run the, won the championship. Uh, I can picture his face. I'm just losing my Coach dog. O. Coach O, when he got fired at LSU, and he's like, well, they want to pay me to, to not work. I'll do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's right. And I'll tell you what stands out to me about this whole ordeal. It's not the fact that they fired Jimbo Fisher because he wasn't living up to their ungodly expectations. <laughs> the re- I mean, Jimbo Fisher is the winner, but you're going you're gonna to throw out about $125 million, uh, you know, probably in, when you throw about getting pay, paying away Jimbo, his assistant, you're going to throw away all that money. That money is going – that's dead weight money. You're paying it for nothing. Now – South Texas and Texas money is different. Oil money is different. So, I mean, there was a check given out in the ball during the ball game, which isn't this funny, Christian, that this comes after they wallop Miss, or Mississippi State and get bowl eligible at six and four. Oh, oh, that's what's dumb. Uh, Mississippi State fired their head coach about ten minutes ago. See, but okay, but there's a different thing there. 
that they, they were in a difficult situation. That was Mike Leach, unfortunately, passed away. He was doing a great job there. Yeah. They had to. They brought somebody in. They they, they just promoted the defensive coordinator. It, it wasn't good. And mm-hmm. look, money is run. Money runs rapid in college. Runs rampant all over the place in college athletics. The ridiculous thing is, is that I think we need to start putting some rules in. I know this is stupid. Now, trust me, I am all. I'm a capitalist. I'm all for making money. If you want to make big time money, I don't care how you do it. Yeah, but I think yeah. there needs to be some sort of rules put in that say. How do we go about limiting these unbelievable contracts? I mean, make mm. them incentive-based. Like say, okay, here's your base salary of $5 million a year. Now, if you finish in the top 25, here's another million dollars. If you finish in the top 10, here's another $2 million. If you are in the college football playoff, here's another $3 million. Make your contracts incentive-based. Quit just saying, well, here, please come here, Jimbo Fisher, after winning one national title at Florida State and really not doing it for a successful amount of time. Uh, th- that's where I sit back and I'm like, why Why are we paying these people all this money? Because they haven't earned it. They, 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 they did okay at one spot, and now you're willing to just dump the bank on them, and it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, to pay over $100 million to people who will not work. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It was actually kind of funny because the Twelfth Man Foundation gave them a check at the halftime of the Mississippi State game for $160 million. That was pretty much saying, here's the money. Whoa. Please go get rid of this guy. Please go get rid yeah. of him. Now, here's wow. – and, and, and I don't know. You can get your thoughts right for this. I, my question would be – and this is rhetorical, but if you want to answer it, that's great. Who are you going to go get? <laughs> Who do you want to go get? Texas A&M no has won – worth that much. Texas A&M has won one national championship, 1939. They have been inside the top five in the final rankings of the season four times. Now, I get it. They have the fan base, the money, mm-hmm. and the location that they should be an absolute powerhouse. I would agree that. Something else is not right there, though. And this is, and another thing I have a problem with this type of thing, Christian, is why did, we've lost complete la- – we have no patience anymore. And I mean, by patience, I mean – Really having patience, letting a guy develop his team for a couple of years. And I'm I'm not even talking one or two years. I'm talking like four to eight years. Let a guy get there, feel his way through the first four-year recruiting cycles that he has. Then after that, give him another four recruiting cycles to make the corrections he made and missed in the first one that he screwed up in the first time, and then see what you have. Giving a long-term deal is not a problem to me. It's the amount of money that you are giving him per year, which is ridiculous. So I would say, first and foremost, as I wrap up my soliloquy on this whole ordeal, (laughs) contracts need to be more incentive-based. The amount of money we're guaranteeing people to do nothing is ridiculous. And Texas a and is not the only one to do this. Uh, I've got a shirt on today of a team that's done it many times. Trust me. Trust me. Um, and, and, And so that, and then... You know, we need to have more patience in the world to let people build things. Rome was not built in a day. And just because Urban Meyer goes out and, and, and you know, resurrects Ohio State in a season or puts Florida on the map in a season, that just isn't typical, folks. It's not. Lower your expectations. You need to give more time yeah, to more I'm people. So anyway, do you have any more thoughts on that? Eight years. Eight years is... A stretch. I don't know about giving a guy eight years and he's still not having success. But I get the idea, especially 
in college ball where you're exactly right. It takes at least three years and obviously four to get who you actually want in your program there. Until then, you've got at least one or two cycles of guys that you didn't actually recruit. You may not like them or want them there at all, which is tough when you're talking about college-age kids, but it's the truth when you're trying to build a program. Uh, yeah, I, I would use this example. I still will, but take it with a grain of salt because of everything uh, that has come out so far, allegedly this year. But that was, that was Harbaugh, was... He was not having, I mean, he was having a great amount of success, just not on the scale that Michigan wanted it. Still 10 win seasons, but not beating uh, the Ohio States, the Penn States of the world. Right around 2020, a little bit before COVID, what did they do to restructure his contract? It's almost completely incentive-based now. I'm completely with you there. When you are not having the kind of seasons that you want to have, you know, you're still kind of stuck stuck in neutral as uh, the AD down at AM said make it incentive based so that there's actually something to play for there you don't just throw a guy 70 million dollars just because I I totally get the- you and it's the same thing Harbaugh aside from the the scandals I know that what has come out so far this year changes this take but it took him a long time to get that program where he wanted it and where fans wanted it. The other thing that you brought up a good point. The COVID year to me was a complete abomination of a year. Some places had great success. <laughs> Some places were trash. Uh, and if people are like, well, it still counts as a year. Yes, it does. But does it really? I mean, think about some of the teams that had great success in the COVID season. One that sticks out to me is Indiana. Indiana, Indiana had a great COVID season. One of their best seasons ever. Guess what? They still stink. They're still bad right now. <laughs> There were other teams that had good COVID years that stink. They just had an they had just a random year that was good, and it was COVID. Where team programs that are actually pretty good struggled. It was a weird year. I don't even know if you should even count it. In my opinion, you're going to, but I don't know if you count that towards your coaching is my point. Which I once again, the problem is the precedent has been set, and coaches are not going to agree to incentive based yeah. deals. That's the hat. That's the sad part. So that's why there has to be like a rule, and they're like a league rule says we cannot pay any more than this per coach. Mm. Then, if you want to incentivize it and add more money on top, then you can. So let's just say the SEC says, "Okay, we're not. You're not able to. You're not allowed to pay a coach any more than uh, five million dollars per year as a base salary." Now, if you want to add a whole bunch of incentives on the end of it, absolutely, you're welcome to do so. But coaches aren't going to agree to that deal, and I don't. Why wouldn't blame them either? Why would you? The precedent's been set, but at the same time, it's ridiculously dumb. Um, and this is a. This is and guess what? It's not going to matter in, in a couple years from now. Jimbo Fisher will be off coaching somewhere else, and Texas A&M will have somebody else. Which I don't. know. That's my next question. Who would you go after if you are Ross Bjork, the 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 uh, the AD oh, there man. at Texas A&M? Who are you going after that you feel good about that if you dump another large sum of money on there that you're going to be able to get any better results? I don't know anyone off the top of my head because of how much it's worth. Because it's no longer worth what you're willing to pay that coach. It's worth that plus whatever you're now paying Jimbo Fisher. It's worth the 7.2 annually, the 19 up front, plus what you're paying whoever it now would be. Nobody springs to mind that's going to live up to those expectations. He wants to be, and I quote, relevant on the national scene. I think that's unrealistic for that program right now, especially the way the SEC is trending. 
Do you have someone in mind you were thinking of? Well, here's the thing. They're going to go after big-name guys. So, and, and, mm. and here's another thing to keep in mind, folks. If you're a coach, it's not, it's not like you have to be in the SEC or the Big Ten in order to make it to a national title run, as in getting inside the top 12, because the playoff is going to expand. Now, the bonus is if you go from a smaller school to a team like Texas, you're going to have a bigger budget to go out and recruit with, all that stuff. That's going to be great. And you're going to be recruiting from a better base of operation, you know, Louisiana, South Texas. You know, you're going to be in a real, uh, as they called, kind of a gold mining zone for recruiting. But that hasn't resulted in wins right now at Texas A&M anyway. So here's my thing, I guess. I, I, I know if I was Ross Bjork, I know exactly the first place I would go. Um, and it would be a guy here in the state of Kansas. I would go to Lance Leipold and ask, but I don't think I don't think Lance mm. wants that pressure. But here's the thing that I like about Lance: Lance has won everywhere he's gone. Division three, Wisconsin Whitewater, uh, then to Buffalo, then to Kansas. Here's the thing, though: he's not a South guy; he's a North guy. So, will that mean he's going to have the success in the South? I don't know. I don't know where you want to go. I, I have no idea. I, I, I don't. I have no clue. I'm looking at an article right now, um, and it's exactly what I thought. A&M coaching candidates, Mike Elko, Dan Lanning, Jimbo Fisher, or uh, not Jimbo Fisher, uh, Lane Kiffin. Like, these are the guys that you're going to end up paying an even larger sum of money. I, I just don't get that. Yeah, I mean, see, Dan Lanning, hey, guess what? He's going to the Big Ten, and he's in Oregon where he's got that train rolling <laughs> really good. Do you want to go to Texas a and Maybe. Maybe. Um you know, and maybe there's a coach somewhere that is complete that is having a phenomenal season that's like, you know what? I want to go somewhere else. I want a new challenge. Who knows? It's hard to tell. It's a it's an unbelievable story. It was it really was kind of a black Sunday and into Monday because you talked about uh, I think it's Zach Arnett, head coach at Mississippi State, fired this morning. Penn State fired their offensive coordinator, uh, Mike Yurkic, on Sunday after they got beat by Michigan. Uh, it's firings are happening a lot earlier in college football when things are not happening because it is a big, big, big money business as we're finding out. But yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, a humongous winner in this. He can, he can go sit down. He's got $77 million. He can take a couple of years off. He can go be in TV if he wants to, if he wants to get back into coach. Great. It doesn't matter. He's got unbelievable amounts of money. He's going to be just fine. All right, moving on. My winner of the weekend. I'm going to go local here. I'm going to say Colby Community College Cross Country. It's been a great run for CCC Ooh, Athletics, yeah. which I really hope I sent an email out to Kenny Hernandez, athletic director at Colby Community College, mm. and I hope to uh, get him on the program tomorrow is my hope. We'll see. Uh, but CCC Cross Country, a, a great showing this past weekend in Huntsville, Alabama at the NJCAA National Tra- Championships for Cross Country. The men had three guys placed inside the top 15. They finished third in the nation this year. And the women, not too far behind them, they had uh, two girls placed inside the top fifth, top third, top 20, excuse me, and they come in fifth in the NJCAA. So you have two top 20, uh, sorry, two top five finishing cross-country programs there in that side of things. Your volleyball team is playing in the national tournament where they're, gonna, they're the 16 seed taking on the one seed. It's not going to be easy. But they made the national for the first time in two years. A lot of the good things happening for Colby Community College Athletics right now and highlighted by the cross-country program who had a great showing down there uh, running in Huntsville, Alabama. So my winner of the weekend. I'm I'm completely with you. I think that's a great winner. I'll add one more little addition on there. The women's basketball team, uh, though they've largely played uh, JV squads so far, 
has already surpassed the <laughs> one year ago. Now I, I get it. I no, get you're it. Right. Uh, yeah. I laughed no, a little is, bit too. This is a but great that's, stat. That's a big deal. It is true. Yeah. It is true. They, it's a they great won stat. exactly, exactly one game one year ago. Uh, I think I said last week that they returned zero players. They returned, I think, two uh, on their roster from a year ago. Uh, and they're turning around. They have doubled uh, their win, and I was at the game, doubled their win total from a year ago. I was at the game yesterday. Uh, it looked like another loss. They were down five with about 30 seconds left. Wild turn of events, a nice game winner. Stella McIntyre was hot in that fourth quarter. Uh, but it was, it's, it's nice to see everybody rolling and even the, the women's team getting in on that. Yeah, they won yesterday over Bethany Junior Varsity, 49-48. That's where I don't, I was like, okay, so a low-scoring affair to a Junior Varsity Bethany squad. So it uh, doesn't matter. You found a way to win. That's the most important thing. I'm sure, I'm sure Coach Spence was not happy with the outcome and how it looked on paper. I probably looked on the floor, but you know you'd rather learn from a ugly win than from a bad loss. So uh, you'll certainly take that if you're Colby Community College women's basketballs. Yeah. Speaking of uh, JUCO stuff, before we get to a break, wanted to highlight this: uh, Colby Community College and Northwest Tech men's teams competed at the Northwest Tech Classic this past weekend. Uh, Colby Community College men they both went one and one. Or, yes, both went one and one. Colby Community College men lost to Western Nebraska, 87-67 Friday. Beat uh, Strength in Motion 77-63 uh, to improve to 3-2 and two this weekend in Goodland. And then the Maverick men, they beat Strength in Motion 82-63, but then lost in double overtime to Western Nebraska 99-95 Saturday. That was a heck of a ball game there. Mavs are 2-2 two and two, uh, to start this season. Uh, and the Northwest Tech women played Sunday as well. They ran away from Otero 79-59. Uh, Lady Mavs had five ladies score in double figures. 16 points apiece from Cy Crowley and Jalen Alexander were the way to lead there for for Juco Hoops last night. So there you go. Uh, So once again, my winner of the weekend, Colby Community College Cross Country. Christian's winner of the weekend, Jimbo Fisher. We got to get to a break. We come back, we'll go to losers. We'll get to our losers in our next segment. We're up against the clock. We'll take a break, come back. Losers of the weekend are next. You're listening to the Morning Blitz.